Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Corcoran. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. This morning I've got Darren Brown, head coach of the Sunshine Coast uh, NBL One North women's team joining me today. So welcome, Darren. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for getting on the podcast today. Um, great to uh, hear from all the coaches in the league, but also um, a little bit controversial at the moment with all the uh, news about the coronavirus and, and things that are happening. So we'll get into maybe that a little bit later, but just talking off air then, this is your first year coaching in the state league so uh, it must be pretty exciting for you to jump in and, and coach for the sunshine coast yeah it's um i guess it's uh, an interesting thing it's probably something i was more tuned into doing probably um, when i was sort of wrapped up doing uh some coaching at the junior level sort of under 16 under 18s and yeah we had some success there uh during that time and uh, i sort of thought to myself at that stage it was a natural sort of progression to um, maybe jump into the senior ranks then but um, you know, circumstances as they were sort of uh, didn't sort of fall that way so um, you know some other things have been going on and uh, so I've just been sort of cruising along and then uh, yeah the last few years sort of I guess re-engaged with the Sunshine Coast basketball scene and uh, yeah the opportunity presented itself. Yeah nice and so uh, you've been involved for basketball for a while maybe you could talk a bit about what you did in the past and also maybe the other thing I like to ask coaches on here because I guess I talk mainly to coaches but who were your early basketball influences in terms of coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah well I guess I um, started off basketball actually quite late I was actually a rugby league player which most people who played against me would probably uh, figure um, <laughs> so uh, sort of played at school mainly and then I uh, started playing club for a club called West Mitchelton down in Brisbane and the Brisbane leagues there, and then I guess that progressed where I um, started playing in the A grade competition in Brisbane, which was um, uh, back in the day was quite a, a good league, and um, you know, there's lots of uh, guys running around from the NBL and all that sort of stuff in there. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I was only a, a young fella sort of um, plodding along, but you know, a lot of our guys never used to turn up, so that was a good opportunity for me to get the court and get some buckets. So. Um, and then in the late 80s, uh, you had an opportunity to move to the Sunshine Coast for work. So um, yeah. I did train with the uh, Brisbane team in the State League in 1988. And I think I played two games. I might have played about 90 seconds in those two <laughs> games. So, uh, so uh, it was a rock-solid start to my career. But um <laughs> Came up to uh, the sunny coast in 89, so it was in the Maroochydore Sea Eagles. And um, yep. with all that sort of stuff I'd been doing in Brisbane um, with the A grade and sort of had some great coaching um, with the Brisbane Brewers back in the day. Robert Wood was the coach um, and, uh, yeah, sort of learned a lot from the guys in that squad. And, um, yeah, so it sort of set me up to sort of have a few good years of, uh, of state league up here on the coast. Yeah, nice. And then you've obviously been doing a bit of stuff with juniors as well lately. Um, so, yeah, so I... Um, I sort of played through till about 93. Then I had an eye injury, which sort of knocked me out for a little while. And um, so I had to sort of step away from the game and uh, sort of came back in the basketball in a bit of a way in uh, around 2000. So I became the president of Caloundra Basketball and we had a oh, yeah. brand new stadium at Caloundra. So um, 
I sort of uh, was quite involved with when that sort of new stadium was available for the use. There was quite a few people in the Calandra committee who'd done all the hard yards in um, getting the uh, the stadium uh, to become a reality. And then sort of uh, as it was a reality, I, I guess I jumped into that role then. And uh, that was sort of co- uh, coincided with um, a league called the Southern Cross sort of uh, came in when... Uh, it was a bit of a sort of a, a, a sort of a separation between the state league and that. And so Clander was in that league. I played the first year as um, as an older guy, and um, yeah, sort of uh, worked out the body wasn't quite there. So jump into a bit of coaching and sort of coach some of the uh, junior teams through the ranks. Um, you know, as a lot of us have done in the past. You know, as your kids sort of move through the ranks, if they're that way inclined, you sort of tend to follow them through. And so I guess. Um, with a bit of a basketball background, and sort of that coaching sort of came as a bit of a natural progression for me. So that's what I did. Yeah, no. So uh, interesting to hear you were um, on the, you know, part of the, I guess, push to get that stadium built there, down there at Caloundra. That, that's a nice four-court air condition too, isn't it? In, indoor stadium. Yeah. Was that sort there of... There many... Sorry, you go. No, go on. You were going to say. Something. I was going to say. So, was that something that was um, probably long overdue? But did the like? How did you manage to get that project up and running? Because, like, I think a lot of other associations struggle with courts, and you know, obviously, funding's mm. the big issue, and then getting support from the right areas, you know, federal and state and local too, getting all those things to line up. So, could you talk a little bit about how that came together? Well, I can talk a little bit about it, I guess, but as I. Sort of, I guess I was a bit Johnny on the spot. There was a whole heap of people in the Calandra Basketball Association who did all of the hard yards in that um, sort of process leading right up to it. And um, so we had a little one-court stadium at Calandra and the, um, and the council sort of was the owner of that facility. But we kind of had a, you know, a pretty good solid use of that. And uh, we had the canteen and all those sorts of things. So, you know, got all those income streams that you get from having control of the venue and, yeah. The council at that stage had sort of wanted to, um, with I think the association had sort of put to them, look, we've got more to offer than you know, what we can do with this little stadium. And also we were using the high school court um, as a sort of second court. And so it was a bit of a push that when I think council also probably had some ideas that they could uh, utilise that uh, venue for something else if they were able to uh, get the basketball into a bigger venue. So... Um, as always, you know, it's just a, a little bit about timing. I think um, at that time, the you know the state government was a liberal government, and the local uh, member was Joan Sheldon. And I think Joan obviously had a little bit to do with um, helping, you know, um, getting that sort of support at the state government level. So I think the stars aligned, and a lot of hard work by a lot of um, dedicated people sort of um, turned it into reality, along with the council and. Uh, and at the culmination of that, um, yeah, it, I kind of just sort of dropped into it. And I guess the challenge for us was, okay, we've got a you know, great uh, facility here and now we've got to try and you know, utilise it. So it was a multi-purpose thing with the, also the netball and, uh, and us and um, trying to think, of, I think volleyball might have also been the third. So there was three sports and that was part of the cell as well, that it was going to be a multi-purpose facility. We'd all have our crack at um, getting some you know, availability and it was up to us to sort of to utilise it. Yeah, yeah. Still getting used for state championships and stuff like that today, I know. So, yeah, that's well mm. done for everyone involved, getting that sort of thing up and running. I had a bit Absolutely. of a chat. Yeah, had a bit of a chat with Vern and, and you guys have got the um, second court there at Marichidor now too. So, good to see that project uh, 
got over the line and, and was mm. able to help out the association. We've got three too. courts here now. All right. Okay. Three, yeah, it's about three courts now. I had actually a bit more to do with that in the early days um, um, with uh, trying to get that expansion along with the president at the time, Bruce Parks and Sid Page. Um, we uh, ran up a lot of dry gullies with um, trying to get uh, the funding and all that sort of stuff and trying to find out what the problems were with our application. Um, and it was probably a, a bit of a, a disappointment really at the time because the you know, Maroochydore probably has always probably been the basketball heartland on the Sunshine Coast and we were crying out for you know, that sort of additional facility to help us um, sort of cater for the growth. And you know, obviously, Calandra was a good facility down the road and, um, you know, some, there's a court at Noosa and in more recent times, the university sort of put money in. So I guess, you know, whilst Calandra was kind of culturally where a lot of people had played basketball, there was these other venues and, um, and so some of them have sort of stepped into that sort of void that we were never able to uh, accommodate because we just didn't have the facility and, you know, I guess, you know, better late than never, but, you know, we've um, sort of got that facility now and it's just up to us to sort of try and, you know, sort of get that sort of culture back in and um, and keep the growth going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess um, everyone, I guess, from a coaching point of view, talks about culture. You just mentioned it then, but yeah. as like an area that they need to address first up, with the, especially with a new team too. So uh, talking about your 2020 team, what are your non-negotiables in terms of culture and, and how are you building towards working the culture that you want to see with your group? Mm. Um, yeah, well, that, that's a great question actually because um, I – I guess as you sort of become involved in a senior program and, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a, a budget sort of there for, you know, bringing players in to, um, you know, help sort of, you know, build the team and build the foundation. And um, uh, one of the important things from my point of view is always I, I prefer to have someone who thinks about the game and the, and their teammates and all that in the right way. And I prefer to have that a, a little bit over the top of skill, to be honest with you. So uh, yeah. that's really crucial for my thinking. Uh, I like to need, I need to know that the locker room is going to be right uh, and that we're not going to have any dramas because, um, you know, a sort of fracture in the locker room, you can basically, um, you know, kiss it goodbye. So, um, yeah, that was very important for me. And so when I was doing the recruiting, uh, I paid particular attention to, you know, the advice of some people who I trusted about some of the people that I was talking about. And um, and once I sort of got to the point where I was comfortable, then that was um, the made the decision of who we brought in, you know, much easier. And I'm pretty comfortable that we've made um, good choices in that regard. And, yeah, it's essential. Yeah, for sure. So you, you talked about the recruiting and obviously I'm thinking maybe some of the players that you've recruited will be, you know, will will provide the, the sort of leadership that you want to see within the team. What, what sort of expectations mm. have you got for, I guess, your sort of more experienced players or your, your team captain or are you thinking more of like a, a leadership group type concept? Um I guess those things kind of become a bit more apparent as uh, you sort of get a little bit more into, um, you know, your, your sort of pre-season. We've, um, we started our pre-season a little bit later because, yeah. you know, I just don't feel there's the need to be spinning your wheels and, you know, let's jog up some sand dunes and all that sort of stuff. I'm a, uh, as we were talking about a bit earlier, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm an old school kind of person. So, you know, when I do basketball training, I like to, to involve a basketball court and a basketball. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at, and um, 
So some of those things will sort of evolve. You know, obviously, you know, we're bringing in a couple of um, international imports, so uh, they're not going to get here till a little bit later. We've got, um, you know, a girl coming back from college commitments, uh, so she's not going to be here later. We've got a core of some senior players who have been around the coast for a while, so um, I rely on them because they um, provide some good leadership skills. We've got a big group of young girls, and um, and that's part of the challenge we've. Uh, we've had not I say lost. We've had a lot of girls who've been involved in the program. The last couple of years have gone on and gone over to play college, and that's fantastic. Um, yeah. But obviously, that sort of takes away from your your pool of players, and so we've got a lot of young kids who probably some of them have the potential to do that themselves, and so, you know, try to sort of bring them along and also try and get them up to speed, such that they can be a contributing person in the roster. Yeah, and as the head coach of, I guess the you know the top tier team, do you sort of work pretty closely with your, I guess Sunshine Coast that have a QSL team or what was SBL, um, and do you sort of work yeah, those two QSL. groups together, or do you sort of tend to let the QSL team do their thing and you do your thing? Uh, well, at the moment, uh, we're kind of all one big happy family um, because of these numbers issues. Um, you know, some people might have been around at the moment and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, some of these, uh, you, know, you know, younger girls who are now off playing college, you know, our, I guess our player pool um, is, you know, you wouldn't call it stretch, but we, we, you know, we're certainly, you know, are sort of a little bit, uh, you know, behind on the experience at, at, you know, all the way through the program. So uh, we've got a group together and we're sort of working on trying to lay the foundation of some sort of, you know, key sort of basic uh, offensive principles and some basic defensive principles, you know, teaching that group wide, the people who sort of jump out at you at someone who's, um, you know, picking that up and, and moving forward with it, well, they'll get an opportunity to sort of compete for, you know, um, you know, spots in the NBL one side and the other sort of girls who are emerging well they can sort of you know take those sorts of things that we're running consistently through uh, the women's program and, and sort of practice them in the QSL level and if we you know need to call upon them well they then at least have a general idea of the type of stuff we're trying to run and, um, yeah. and sort of can fulfill those um, needs as we need them. Yeah, yeah. And do you I guess have a bit of a style of play that you're trying to introduce across both teams or like I said, is it something mm. that you, you've got a bit bit of a strategy there in terms of what you want to see? Um, and again, I'm an old school person, so uh, I, I like seeing you know uh, everybody on the court um, all sort of thinking about you know scoring. I like to see people sort of you know challenge the defense. So I like people to sort of you know observe what the defense is trying to give you, and then think about how you could exploit that. Um, you know, so it might be that yeah, you can get yourself a drive to the rim. It might be that you, um, you know, then get sort of shut down from help defense and you can get a kick out to a shooter. There's all those sorts of things, but uh, I like to play a sort of a uh, an up-tempo style of game. I like to get cheap buckets if I can get them. Yep. If we can't get cheap buckets, I like people to be understand how they can, you know, take their skills and, and get us a bucket or, you know, make a make it an easier bucket by getting a better pass, all those things. Yeah. Um, you know, play good defense, you know, try and, you know, get some, you know, deflections, get some turnovers, maybe get the odd easy bucket or two and, and get the chance to sort of put pressure on on the other team. And that's the sort of style I like to see and the style I like to play. Yeah, it sounds good. And do you have, uh, at this point of the year, do, have you got some goals for the team in terms of 2020? Um, it's pretty difficult to 
think about goals um, because you know I'm just um, you know I'm obviously not exactly sure um, you know how good our imports are going to be. I think they're going to be great. You know yep. I've looked at what they are and we had some particular needs. Um, you know, our local content, we're providing us, you know, some really good strengths in some areas and there was a couple of spots particularly that I felt that we would benefit from getting a good quality import and so we've filled, you know, both those positions, um, one being point guard, one being, you know, a five player. So, um, and sort of that sort of is complemented by a whole heap of wing players that we have locally and uh, and a few other um, sort of positions, uh, you know, some up and coming kind of point guards and that as well. So we, um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I think I've drifted off to even where we were thinking about what we were talking about there, Anthony. <laughs> I'll just, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, what sort of goals have you got for the year uh, in terms of, and like, like I said, yeah, yeah. you're you sort of saying, I guess it probably. Yeah, we'll be we'll be based on the sort of players that you can put together in terms of the roster to sort of de- maybe mm. de- determine you know what you might do in terms oh, of uh, obviously a goal is every team's goal is to, is to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's 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 that. And, and uh, you know, every time we play, we want to win. Um, is that going to happen? No. Uh, are we going to be challenged? Yes. Um, are we going to learn as we go? Yes. Um, but you know. We'll, we can only say to ourselves as a group of players, you know, we're going to make the other term, team earn it. If they beat us, it's because they played better than us, but it's not because we didn't put in the effort. No, if I can achieve that with the group, well, then I'm happy. And whatever the result is from us playing the best we can, uh, we will have to live with that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So uh, I was going to maybe talk a little bit about your imports. So Deja Smith is your, is your centre. She looks like um, she's got a fairly good playing background at uh, Cal State Fulton. Um, She's playing in Greece right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to say, yeah. So um, probably um, people who may be listening, um, Jody Page is an assistant coach at Cal State Fullerton this year, and so. Oh, right. um, and uh, and Deja is a, uh, a a previous player at the team, sort of uh, leaving the program just before JD got there. But all the assistant coaches, uh, coaches at Cal State Fullerton, just didn't praise Deja enough, and JD sort of had reached out to the uh, to our Phoenix Association and said, "Listen, I think that this would be someone you should be having a look at when you come around to recruiting," which we did. Yeah. Uh, seen some film on Deja, the things that she does do does well as to you know she's a She's a five who actually likes to play inside. She runs the floor. She transitions really well. She can, uh, you know, do a post move and get herself a bucket. She rebounds and gets, you know, stick backs, all that sort of stuff. So she's the kind of, you know, five player that I think will be, um, you know, be nice to see in the league, actually, someone who goes to work and um, not afraid to roll her sleeves up. So, um, you know, Really excited that we've uh, been able to um, secure Deja, and we look forward to joining the program. Yeah, and I think they. Um, I coached a, a player who played in Greece uh, at one point in time, and I think <laughs> playing in Greece is a totally different um, atmosphere, and obviously <laughs> plenty of uh, crowd involvement and that sort of thing. So, um, no doubt she'll be, you know, a better player for the experience. Yeah, it's the group she's playing with in Greece at the moment. Uh, I think um, I got a, quite a bit of a strong junior content as well, actually. Oh, so, yeah. um, so that's probably has been probably something that 
will be uh, interesting for us as well because she'll probably be used to that. But um, the style, I've actually watched a little bit of film of some of her Greece games and, um, yeah, yeah, I think probably Deja's maybe even getting a little bit underutilised in that program. But, um, you know, that's not for me to say. That's I don't know what they're trying to achieve. But um, I certainly probably trying to... Um, Utilise her skills uh, a lot more primarily than she's probably getting uh, in the in the Greek league with her current team. Yeah, yeah, nice. And is uh, Jacqueline Poss your other import? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so some time there at the Hobart Huskies. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, it's um, Jacqueline um, reached out to uh, us um, when after I was announced as a coach and. Um, and so I sort of obviously, you know, had you know, a number of those kind of contacts and um, I sort of had a look at some of the stuff with Jacqueline and um, and with the Hobart stuff, it's uh, a bit of a thin thread, but we actually uh, know some people who are involved in basketball quite heavily down in um, in Tassie. So I touched base with them and, uh, and, and both of those uh, people, you know, are quite um, sort of knowledgeable of the game and and um, and um, Tony was the fella's name, and he you know, knew of Jacqueline and had watched her play and all that sort of stuff. And he couldn't sing her praises high enough, even just from the cultural point of view to start with. Just said she's a great teammate. I watched her play. Some of the things that stood out to me was that she was you know really um, good at just you know advancing the ball at the court by a pass, and you know just sort of uh, could dribble penetrate, but you know quite as just as happy to. Sort of, you know, set someone else up. So she sort of had presented those kind of things that I felt were really good for a person who, yeah, you, know, you want to quarterback your team around uh, on your offense. So, yeah. So once I sort of knew what kind of person she was as a person from people that I knew, and also got the chance to sort of watch some film, and I thought, yeah, you know, that's the kind of player that we'd like to have. So we were very grateful that she accepted it to come and play for us. Yeah. So that uh, Hobart Huskies team is that a was that an NBL one team last year? Or they? It was NBL one team. Yeah, but so. they're actually um, they're they're actually folded this year. So, all oh, um, right, okay. For some reason, so um, I don't know why or what's happening there, or whether they've been replaced by another Hobart team. So, um, so Launceston is another team, and that uh, I hope and Tassie that's playing in the NBL one. So, uh, yeah, Jackson was playing for Hobart, but I think um, she she got injured um, during the season, um, not through basketball, through. Um, a little accident or something, so that sort of sort of curtailed her season last year. So, um, but she's all um, good to go, ready for this season now. Yeah, good stuff. So it uh, sounds like you've got a couple of strong import players coming in, and and like you said, just uh, putting the local players around that and and bringing in mm. juniors through as well. So, what are your thoughts on the NBL One North branding? Uh, do you think that's going to be good for the league? Yeah, oh, look, I, I think it is because, um, I mean, I guess, um, like yourself, someone who's been around basketball a long time, um, you know, the ba- basketball has had, you know, some periods of, you know, euphoria and some, you know, other periods where uh, it's been more challenging at that, at that sort of, you know, Premier League, you know, the NBL competition, WNBL. Um, I think um, that obviously, you know, Larry Kesselman's done an unbelievable job with the NBL uh, and, you know, how that competition has sort of, I guess, been re- reinvigorated and sort of that brand. And I guess, sort of, you know, to capitalise on the NBL one brand by sort of, you know, bringing all the, you know, the state competitions in, in line and uh, umbrellaed under the same sort of banner, you know, NBL one. 
uh, I think it's just all part of the cell, which um, you, you, is, I guess, vital to sport. You know, you've got to be able to, you know, sell yourself, and uh, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's certainly what everyone's saying is uh, it's going to lift the profile. Lots of mm. you know live streaming of games and and uh, the ability to watch videos straight away, which is um, from a coaching point of view is mm. always good. You don't have to wait for people to mm. upload it on Monday or Tuesday of the next week. So um, yeah, get a look at who you're playing straight away. So yeah, yeah it's um, sure. uh, sounds like exciting time down there at the Sunshine Coast for for your women's team. So probably just going to wrap it up. So thanks for joining me this morning, Darren. And again, like uh, all the best with the team. Hope it all goes well for you. And look to look forward to uh, seeing you guys. Actually, do a really good job of announcing all your players too on the on the social media. Like um, got a list of yeah. half a, half a dozen names there, which is great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, obviously, as we've been able to sort of get some players. Um, uh, locked away and uh, you know some of these um, there's a uh, couple of uh, people who are sort of moving to the area um, yeah cool. uh, that's sort of helped as well so you know, you know girl Jane Lester who played up at Bundaberg she had a bit of college experience she's moved to the Sunshine Coast so we're happy that Jane decided to come along and join us and uh, another ex-Bundy uh, girl who's playing over college Ashley Frampton she's another one who's come along and joined the program so and that's been good once we get those sort of you know people sort of into the, uh, into the program sort of to let uh, the juniors know who uh, who the players are going to be and the roster and so now I'm, I think our our um, sort of releasing of those sorts of things of the media and social media stuff. Yeah, I'm no expert, but it's, um, I think it's good. It sort of creates a little bit of a vibe, you know, so it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, any promotion's good. And, um, yeah, like you say, it's all part of the buzz and getting people looking forward to, to what's going to be happening. Is there, I tried to get this out of Vern, but he was a bit quiet on it. But what's the uh, <laughs> what's the uh, rivalry like up there with you guys and the Sunshine Coast Rip? Is it? Is that a real thing, or am I just uh, making it up? Um, well, when you say rivalry, I guess we're you know um, five kilometres apart, um, <laughs> and I and, and I think it's actually you know um, you, you know whether it's good having two teams five kilometres apart, not you know that's not a decision for for the ripple for us. We're we're both in the league, and um, we both want to win. And uh, from a from a local derby point of view. It's uh, been fantastic, you know. If you yeah. come to those local derby games, there's great crowd. You know, um, you know a lot of people um, have been involved in both those sort of associations over the years, and so um, you know, there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of old uh, faces come along to the games, and uh, you know, and um, in generally speaking, they're usually you know hard fought contests, and um, and and nothing's given and nothing's asked. So. Um, yeah, we, you know, we're going to have uh, three games against the Rip team this year, and all um, oh, right, okay, and they're obviously going to want to beat us, and we're going to want to beat them. And yeah, you know, at the end of the game, we'll shake hands, and a lot of us are friends, and yeah, yeah, you know, that's fine. You know, it's a, it's it's a game, it's a sport. We when we're between the lines, we'll have a crack, and when the game's over, we'll um we'll take our win or or, or think about the loss. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a healthy rivalry from what I've seen, and um, I think yeah, like you say, it's uh, it's good for the game, and and it brings out the best and and the teams that are playing. So everyone's yeah, a winner. Absolutely. Well, we just hope we win a few more than than they, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's good stuff. All right, Darren. Well, like I said, thanks again for joining me today. I appreciate your time, and like I said, yeah. all the best for the season, and and good luck. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for chat.
No worries. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at australianbasketballcoach at gmail.com. That's australianbasketballcoach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at OzBballCoach and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening. Thank you.